When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Monday, April 11th, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. Just a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube, hit us with a comment, hit us with a like, and if you could press the subscribe button, we would genuinely appreciate it. And thank you to all listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can leave a five-star review. Tell us what you're liking about the podcast so far. Colby, I'm Peter. This is a fantasy baseball episode. We're going to talk about two pitchers we think you should stream for this week, as well as three players we think you should pick up as well. But we had a great weekend of baseball, Colby. How are you feeling right now? Dude, what a weekend of baseball. I just, I really think that baseball right now is filled with the most talent we've ever seen. There are, there, there is a pile of 10, 15 rookies that are absolutely crushing it already. First weekend. And we're probably going to talk about a few of those coming up here soon. And then you have the superstars back. Trout hits a freaking mammoth shot last night. I was explaining to my parents, Otani is one of the greatest players in baseball right now. And Mike Trout is also one of the greatest players in baseball right now. And they're hitting back to back. I don't know if you've ever seen that sort of firepower back to back before in a lineup. I don't know if we have either. When's the last time? arguably the two best players in the sport are on the same team hitting back to back. And that's not even talking about a guy like Anthony Rendon, who when he's right is a top three third baseman. He's that good. So that menacing three is amazing, but I was more happy to see Noah Syndergaard pitch well over this past weekend Two five innings, no runs looked a lot like the Noah Syndergaard with the Mets, not the hundred mile an hour, Noah Syndergaard, but at least a 90% version of it. And I said, if the angels get 90% of Noah Syndergaard from what he was, this could be a scary team, but the Astros are still the Astros. What do you take away from probably the most exciting series of the weekend? Exactly that. I am going to tune into every single Astros Angels series from now on. The other thing you didn't mention is Verlander's back, right? He looked at least 90% of his old self. The command is still fantastic. He's only pumping 93-94, but the curveball is still electric. And back to Noah Syndergaard for a second, because him being back to, yes, 90-95% of himself is incredible for baseball. He is one of the most electric dudes on the mound this menacing 6'6 dude with long hair. It's so fun to watch, but he didn't get the K numbers last night. He only had one strikeout, but every single ball that was hit in play was on the ground. Yep. Five innings, one K, but everything was on the ground. Two hits against him. 
they couldn't touch his changeup that was down in the zone at, at 90, 91. And his fastball was getting ground balls too. I'm super impressed with Syndergaard. Um, you know, I will enjoy it while it lasts. I am still worried that the injury issues will catch up to him as the season goes on, but let's just enjoy it while it lasts. And while we're on the page of talking about the Astros, we have three players who we want to pick up in fantasy baseball. Then we'll go into two pitchers that we think you should stream this week for fantasy baseball. So Colby, that Astro is one of your first players that you're picking up. Yep. Yep. It's Jeremy Pena who just hit his first home run two nights ago. It was an incredible moment, Peter. You probably saw it. People listening probably saw it, right? I was watching live. They're interviewing his parents saying, Jeremy's up the plate. How are you feeling? You know, what, what? He drives one to left center. It's going, it's going, it's gone. Jeremy's running around the bases. His parents are crying. I'm crying. The whole <laughs> baseball world is crying because this is, this is what baseball is about. But regardless, Pena is going to be playing every single day for the Astros. His defense is amazing. He has a rocket arm over there at short. So that's going to, you know, certify that he's going to be in the lineup every single day. And I think as the season goes on, he's only going to start moving up in this lineup. He's already been hitting sixth, seventh, and I think that's a perfect spot for him to capitalize on a bunch of runs, a bunch of RBI chances. Um, I love him. Right now, he's only owned in 25% of leagues. That's increased 20% in the last two days. So yeah. You might have already missed the boat on Jeremy Pena, but if you haven't, if he's still sitting around your league, make sure you go grab him now at shortstop because this is a guy that that for the whole entire season has upside for 85 runs, 85 RBIs, 20 home runs, and he's gonna he's gonna steal some bags too for it. He's a he's a speedy, speedy guy. I think he could get you know 12 bags. I love the Jeremy Pena pickup because remember, this is a guy who was always thought of as a glove first guy, but all the muscle that he added over the offseason, those exit velocities, and now he's raking as he should be. And the power is real, and he's probably going to steal some bases for you too. I'm switching over to another rookie shortstop. That's CJ Abrams of the San Diego Padres. This guy has game-changing speed, but he also has a little pop in his bat. We saw his first hit in his career over the weekend. And Aram, our guy Aram, even tweeted out that it may sound a little crazy, but he has 2,999 hits to go, that he could be a 3,000 hit guy. That's how good the hit tool is. He's going to hit for a high batting average. And like I said, game-changing speed. If he stays healthy all year and gets on base at a decent clip, this could be a guy who could potentially lead the league in steals. Like, that's the kind of speed. I don't think he will, just because it's his rookie year. I don't think he's going to get that as many opportunities as like a Whit Merrifield or a Starling Marte. But I could realistically see 30 stolen bases this year. And it's especially with Tatis hurt for the first three months, you're going to see CJ Abrams get a decent amount of run after Tatis comes up. I'm not sure what they're going to do with Abrams, but at least for the next three months, he's a great guy to pick up and he's still available in 87% of leagues. So if you miss out on Jeremy Pena, you're lacking on stolen bases, maybe in the batting average department as well. CJ Abrams is a great name to go snag up. Abram, so first of all, I think Aram was off the Hennessy last night or something saying he's going to hit 3,000 hits. But I wouldn't be shocked. Funny nonetheless, funny nonetheless. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. A funny thing, a funny tweet, a funny tweet. But uh, yeah, I don't know if Abrams is necessarily ready yet. I, I worry that he's going to struggle for the first month here just because I'm not saying that Abrams is not an amazing player and won't be an amazing player because he will be, he absolutely will be. I just worry that he only had 150 plate appearances last year in double a and 
didn't really get, he didn't have time in 2020. So it's like, this guy has just not had a chance to really catch up developmentally the last two years. Um, so I worry him rushing to the bigs, he's going to struggle this first month. So in my opinion, I would go grab other guys like a Jeremy Pena, maybe even a Bryson Stott over Abrams. But if you have a deep bench and you can stash and, and let Abrams kind of get his work in for the next few weeks and see where it goes, because like you were saying, he does have the power upside for 18 home runs for 20 stolen bases. I just worry that he's going to strike out a lot and maybe just struggle a little bit. I think that's fair. I think this is more of a deeper league pickup still available in 87% of leagues. Yep. So you basically can go grab him in any league that you have. I would say this pick more pertains to, maybe a 12 team league, especially in keeper. I mean, if you don't have him already in keeper league or dynasty, anything like that, go grab him immediately if he's not picked up, mm -hmm. but in a regular league, more 16 teams, 14 teams, 12 teams, 10 team, especially at the short supposition, you don't really have to worry about him, but in a deeper league, I still think that he can give you a lot of speed, especially if your roster is super power heavy or you have a lot of other things and you are lacking speed. This is the guy who can get you some steals. Yeah, absolutely. The next guy I'm going to mention is Stephen Kwan of the Cleveland Guardians. And I think he's a guy that even in an eight-team league, even in a 10-team league, not even deep leagues, you need to go grab right now. He's only owned in 2.8% of leagues, but this guy has 300 average potential. He doesn't strike out. He, his career strikeout rate in the minors is 10%. And he was hitting second in the Guardians lineup yesterday, Peter. Second. Yeah. This lineup, right, isn't menacing. And we've seen that because you've been betting on their unders and like they just can't score runs ever. But if he's sitting second, that's in front of Framil Reyes, in front of Jose Ramirez, that gives him 100 run potential with a 300 average. He's walked three times already, struck out none. He's a, you know, he's not a home run guy, right? He's not going to hit 20 home runs. He's going to hit 10, 12 home runs. But with a 300 average, with a ton of line drives, a ton of doubles and some speed, he is a must grab right now. And he's a guy that, that if you pick up now, all your buddies in two weeks are going to go, what the hell? How did you know that, that he was going to be good two weeks ago? Because he I, really is. He, he is so good. My, my only issue with Stephen Kwan is I always think he's a better baseball player than he is a fantasy player, just because you said the lack of power. I don't know how much he's going to uh, affect them on the base pass, but you're right. Like the 300 average is not out of left field. That easily could happen. And the run scoring opportunities, of course, in that Guardians lineup. But then again, the Guardians lineup is so anemic right now that how many runs is he truly going to score? But, well, but if you're hitting I, I in think, front of Ramirez yeah. and Fran Mill, it does, you I, should. Yeah. You should get run. They're going to score saying, some runs. I'm just saying like four runs have been scored in the first two games of that series. And the Guardians offense will pick up. Totally understandable on that. Um, and I do like Stephen Kwan. Like I have Stephen Kwan on my fantasy team so far. He's been pretty good. My only thing is, again, lack of power potential, just lack of overall thump, but still a very good option in the outfield. Because the outfield, you know, if you have five slots, and my only thing is eight team league, not exactly sure because the, I think you'll have enough outfielders in an eight team true, league, even true. possibly a 10 team league, but definitely 12, man. Absolutely. And then the more you go down, the better he gets. He did hit 12. He hit 12 yeah. home runs last year and like 300 plate appearances. So uh, he doesn't have crazy thumb, but yeah, I think like 12 to 15 home runs this, this season is, is within reach. Yeah, I agree. I think that's within reach as well. This is a guy with crazy thump. My second guy is Seth Beer. The only problem with Seth Beer on the Arizona Diamondbacks is that 
he's a DH and that's the only eligible position he has. So that's why I don't love him. But what I do know that I love is the bat. He really has thump. He's got 20 to 25 plus home runs in his bag. I think he can get a decent amount of RBIs. And I don't think that he's going to be a guy that kills you in the batting average department, because I think his bat to ball skills are pretty solid. Like I could see him hitting between 240 to 250 with 20 to 25 home runs. And even that could be light. I mean, I think like, he could even hit higher than that in the average department too, Peter. Agreed. I think that's su- super conservative. I like that. That's like more that. just the floor of what yeah. Seth Beer can be. And he's available in 95% of leagues. Like, I think this could be a guy that in your utility spot is going to put up. I I, I was going to bring up Ryan Mountcastle type numbers, but not Ryan Mountcastle type numbers because Ryan Mountcastle could hit 40 home runs. But I don't think at the end of the year, we're going to see like a big difference between them. I think their slash lines are going to look pretty similar with Mountcastle having 10 to 15 more home runs than Seth Beer. But for example, Ryan Mountcastle is on basically every team while Seth Beer is on no team so far. So I think that's a, a decent option to put in your utility spot. It's definitely a guy to watch, I think, in 12-team leagues. And Peter, like we play in a 16-team league for the Just Baseball League. Yeah. I would kill, kill to have Seth Beer in my team right now. I mean, it, yeah. it, I picked up Robinson Cano like two days ago because I legitimately need somebody with an ounce of power. And you're going to get that from Seth Beer, which I, I love. And Seth Beer last year, um, he was dealing with some injuries. He had a dislocated shoulder that put him on the 60-day IL. But now he looks healthy looks ready to go. He already has a home run. He has a couple of hits as well. This is really the one of the more exciting bats in the Diamondbacks lineup, and nobody's probably ever heard of him before because, you know, he still is young, but he was a top prospect at one point. He was a bat that in college he raked. I mean, he was an unbelievable college bat. Now that's carrying over to the bigs. I like Seth Beer a lot. Yeah, I like it too. The next guy I'm going to talk about is we talked about him, I think, one or two episodes ago when the Austin Meadows trade went down and we said that this is an overall win for the Rays. It's Josh Lowe. And I wasn't sure where Josh Lowe was going to be placed in this Rays lineup, right? Were they going to put him eighth? Were they going to put him ninth and kind of ease him into the action? He was hitting fifth yesterday. He hit seventh on opening day. Seeing him in the opening day lineup is very encouraging, but then they, they liked what they saw enough to put him fifth. What does he do? He triples to center. He has wheels. He has yeah. power. He hits the ball in the air. This this is my favorite pickup of all. Yeah. This is my favorite of them all because I agree. he really does have the skills to, to impact five categories. I think out of all the players that we're going to name, Josh Lowe is also my favorite pickup. When you texted me over that name, I was like, yep, he was on my list too. Like, absolutely love Josh Lowe of the Tampa Bay Rays. My only thing is with the Tampa Bay Rays, and it's not a Josh Lowe thing. It's just the way they construct their lineup. Harold Ramirez was hitting third. I think they have different analytics than we've ever even heard of to be able to understand why Harold Ramirez from the Marlins, who had... What, what was his WRC plus in 2020? 95, like something like that. Like yeah, not, nothing crazy. Yeah, like... They did this last year too. They would they would move guys all over the map. I mean, you'll see Brandon Lau hit second, hit yeah. leadoff, hit third, hit fourth, hit fifth, hit sixth. Like he, they will move guys around all the time. Um, so yeah, I don't think Josh Lowe is going to be hitting fifth every single day, but the fact that he can, and I think he could even hit higher than that in this lineup too, whether they like the matchup or not. Bigger than the five hole, it's my... It's my love of the Rays' confidence in low 
putting him fifth that early. So now we know he might hit seventh tomorrow and then he might hit ninth and then he might hit third, but at least we know that they're confident enough in him to consistently put him at least near the top of the lineup. And when you're near the top of the lineup with the Rays, you're going to get a ton of run scoring opportunities. He's going to get a plenty of RBIs. He's got speed. He's got power and he can hit for average. He could be a five category monster. And how, what percentage is he available in leagues? 12% 12% owned right now. So yeah, available in a lot of leagues. Like that's a guy who I would pick up at a 10 team league as well. Like he's yep. that guy. So real quick too, for all you exit velocity fans, he, he hit a ball 108 miles an hour yesterday. So I don't even think that's the max there too. No. I think he can hit him over 110. Uh, the power is, is most definitely there. If Tommy Edmond can hit one 112.6 miles an hour, I feel like Josh Lowe can hit one 112.6 miles an hour. Tommy Edmond might be here this year. He really might be here. I love it. I love me some Tommy Edmond so far, but he's most likely picked up in every fantasy league you have. But that's a bat that if for some reason he's available, you should go pick him up or you should go. Because he's a 35 steel guy. Exactly. And the batting average is high too. And the run scoring opportunities. And then you're telling me he's got pop now. Very exciting player. And just if, if he really becomes like an excellent hitter like we have to start talking about tommy edmund in the top five top 10 second baseman category because he we already know he's an incredible fielder if you're telling me he's got like 20 home runs in his bag geez i mean that that's going to be a guy who's going to rise ranks quickly that could also be the difference in the cardinals this year it really could it could be the, the difference in them winning 85 to 89 games could be if the pitching holds up we'll see wainwright looked like tom brady in his, in his opening day start. My last pickup is, is a guy I do really like, but my only concern is the splitting time with Danny Jansen. And that's Alejandro Kirk of the Toronto Blue Jays. Last year's slash 248, 329, 424 after he came back in July from an injury. And he's now available in 24, 84, 24. He's available in 84% of leagues. This is a guy who doesn't really strike out. He takes his walks. He has some pop as well. Can hit some home runs. Um, at the Rogers Center, and of course, in all these AL East ballparks. He's a guy who is not going to kill you in any category. He can hit for a decently high average as well. I just don't know. I don't know how high the ceiling is on Alejandro Kirk, but you're much higher on Alejandro Kirk than I think a lot of people are. So what do you love so much about him? There's so much to love about this guy. I mean, one, his ex-velocities are off the charts. He's a guy that can hit the ball 112, 113 miles an hour. I mean, two, he's a 5'8", 260 catcher, which is hilarious to watch. But you mentioned the playing time thing about him splitting with Danny Jansen. And I don't think it really matters because he's going to catch some days. But when he's not catching, he's going to DH. And at the end of the day, right, catchers in today's league are playing just over half the games, right? They're playing 100. They're playing 110. Some catchers are playing 130, but that's honestly rare at this point. Like, there's a lot of shuffling. played 161 games last year. Crazy, crazy. But but that's because he DHs when he doesn't catch, which I do like about Kirk, right? He can catch, but he's going to DH. And I also, back to, you know, Austin Meadows getting traded and them having the confidence in Josh Lowe, I think the Blue Jays trading Randall Gritchick to the Rockies was mm. a sign that they do trust Kirk to DH and to take a bigger role in this lineup. They made room for him. So I think that Kirk really does have a way to get 400, 450 plate appearances. And this is a guy that doesn't strike out. He's going to have an average, again, like a Stephen Kwan, close to 300, probably 280, 290. Um, and it's a Blue Jays lineup, man. How could you not love this Blue Jays lineup that literally came back from seven runs down the other day to score 10 runs? We're going to be seeing a lot of 
10 run ball games from this Blue Jays lineup. And I think Kirk is going to have a big part in that. And I know it's early, but he is already hitting 286. I could see that batting average just carrying over throughout the entire year and him hitting 286. How many home runs would you peg him at this year? I say 20. I say a, a solid 20. And he has upside for more than that. But until I see it, I'm, I'm going to say 20. I agree. I, I, w- I was going to peg him at 15 to 20 home runs. I There's not a lot of good catching options, so he's definitely a guy to pick up. But in a 10-team league, though, is he a guy who you think can finish as a top 10 fantasy catcher? Because I'm not so sure. Yeah, I don't know if he can finish as a top 10 fantasy catcher, but I think he can also slot into that utility slot as well, um, especially if you, if you have injuries. But for the 12-team guys, yeah, you need to pick up Kirk now in a 12-teamer. And then 14-16, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Especially, too, in like a keeper league. He, he might be already gone, but in a keeper league, you need to get him now, too. Absolutely. So let's hear your last pick. My last pick is I like Bryson Stott, man. I like Bryson Stott. There's a lot of shortstops. So like if you don't get a Pena, if you don't get an Abrams, if maybe O'Neill Cruz is on your radar too, and he's gone. I like Bryson Stott too, because the Phillies have shown that they're going to give Bryson Stott a lot of plate appearances, right? Alec Bohm, Stott are going to split plate appearances in some ways. And I think Bryson Stott is going to win that role over from Bohm. He hasn't looked great in spring training. He hasn't looked good in his first few games. Stott got the opening day nod, which is awesome to see as a rookie. And this is a guy that in the minor leagues, right, was hitting close to 300 as well, has decent pop. I Again, I don't think he's going to hit 25 home runs, but I think, you know, 15, 17 home runs with a little speed in there, a decent average. And this Phillies lineup is is bangs. It bangs just as just as hard as the Blue Jays lineup does. So if he's hitting seventh in this lineup, I like the I like the upside. There's a ton of upside there, as well as the fact that I hope he gets third base designation soon, because right now it's just that shortstop, but he's playing a lot of third base. So the positional versatility there, you can put him in third base and shortstop. Then what that allows you to do as well is that first base, third base role or the second base shortstop role. So that means you could possibly fill him in at four different positions, plus the utility. And he's got all this potential. I think Stott is a great pickup, especially because he's available in 90 percent of leagues. When you wrote down Stott, I thought it was a great option. Um, I don't know who I'd rather have this year, Abrams or Stott. I really don't. I think Stott is has a better floor, but I think C.J. Abrams' ceiling is a little bit higher. But I think either are interesting options depending on how your team is operating. If you need a little bit more power, Stott's the way to go. If you need a little bit more speed, C.J. Abrams is the way to go. Yeah, man. And I think, I think maybe if you have – a really solid shortstop, a really solid third baseman plugged in there. You may go, you might go Abrams just because that upside is higher, right? Yeah. He's a top 10 prospect, but might struggle for, for two weeks, but maybe he figures it out in two weeks and he's a speedy guy with more power than people, people know. Agreed. And he's just so exciting too. Just like a fun guy to have on your roster, be able to turn on the TV, watch some Padres games. CJ Abrams is just, I think he's going to have a great season this year. So let's get into the two pitchers to stream. And I'll start first um, with the Cleveland Guardians pitcher that I do like that had a great year last year. His name is Aaron Savali, and he's currently only available in 33% of leagues. So this may be more of an eight-team or a 10-team guy. Possibly he's available in your 12-team. I highly doubt it, but possibly. He has a lot of great matchups this week. He faces the Royals today 
on Monday, and then he'll face the Giants on Sunday. We saw how bad the Royals offense has looked so far. He has good numbers against the Royals too. I think he'll have a great start there. And then he goes to face the Giants and the Giants are a great team, but their offense hasn't really proven to be you know, high powered yet, especially losing Posey, losing Chris Bryant. I still believe in the Giants, but this matchup favors Savali pretty well. And the fact that you get two starts a week from a really solid pitcher who had a 3-8-4 ERA last year, 12-5 and record. Weirdly, Guardians show up, give him some run support. He could come away with two wins there. I really like Aaron Savali this week. Yeah, I love it, man. I love that you mentioned the win upside there too, because that's why I like Luis Patino as a possible streamer here, right? This is a guy that was 21 years old last year and was definitely rushed to the bigs, but he held his own. He had a 4-3 ERA, and in the minor leagues last year in AAA, he pitched 30 innings, had a 3 ERA with like a 2-5 fit. And I think that this year as a 22-year-old, with having that more experience in, in the bigs, he comes out tomorrow and shoves. I really do. He gets two starts. He gets, who does he get tomorrow? He gets Oakland tomorrow, who might have the worst offense in the league. He gets the White Sox next weekend, which you might be kind of scared about that. But the White Sox definitely don't hit righties as well as they hit lefties. Um, I think he can still put together a decent start against the White Sox. And even just for his start against Oakland, you better pick yeah. him up. I was just about to say, I, I you, you could... You could, I guess, drop him if you wanted to. You shouldn't because I think he's a great pitcher for that White Sox start, but he might throw a no-hitter against the A's. Like, he's going to have one of the best starts of the week against these Oakland A's. I think Luis Patino is so nasty. Only only pushback, pitch count. How many pitches is he going to throw just because he is so young? He just may not go beyond five innings, but those five innings are going to be electric. I can probably see that. Totally, totally. Yeah, I don't think he goes too far into his first start. But yeah, regardless, I mean, I think in five innings, he could he could strike out eight guys. I agree. I think he could strike out eight guys, too. I want, I want to see what the line is on his strikeouts uh, for that day when it comes out. Because it's like three and a half. I'd kind of want to go over. I think he's going to dominate the Oakland A's. So my second pick is available in 84% of leagues. So this is a bit of a deeper cut, probably going to be available in a 10-team league. Um, Because he's currently available in my 10-team league, and I picked him up this morning. That's Wasker Yanoa, who's available in 84% of leagues, like I said. Last year, 4-6 and record with a 4.05 ERA. The reason why he missed him time, punched a wall and lost. Broke his hand. Uh, Kind of a stupid act on his part, but he is a really good pitcher. And he faces the Nationals at home on Monday. Then he goes and faces the Padres in a big pitcher's park in Petco. I could see two wins easily there, him going 2-0. and You know, with Tatis, this Padres lineup isn't as explosive as some may have thought. Um, Almost every game has gone under in their series so far against the Diamondbacks. I think every game has gone under so far against the Diamondbacks. They're just not a high-powered offense right now. And Huascar's, you know, his fastball slider combo fits in pretty well against these Padres. One thing's for sure, he's going to dominate the Nationals. And then I think he does put up a really good start in Petco in that big pitcher's park. Huascar, you know, is one of my favorite streamers this week. He punched a wall and lost. I want to know a person that punches a wall and wins. Yeah, me too. Stan might be the only one. I think I, yeah. I think Stan could punch a wall and the wall would go, oh, sorry, man. Sorry, and you man. are in your Red Sox attire. Like Giancarlo Stanton is your legal father when you wear that kind of stuff. He does not stop homering. Six straight games with a home run against the Red Sox for Giancarlo Stanton. He is certainly the Red Sox daddy right now. 
Um, Josh Donaldson is somewhat the Red Sox daddy this weekend as well. I think he, Josh Donaldson is going to be a player that Red Sox fans absolutely hate. I already do. I already hate him. It's kind of like what I, as a Yankee fan, like looking at Rafael Devers, be like, he's, I, I called his opening day home run. And it's not like I, I was so intelligent for saying that. I'm just like, what do I think is going to happen? I think Garrett Cole, the first inning, usually gets crushed, usually gives up a home run. Who's probably going to do it? Probably going to be Rafael Devers. And what does he do? He sends one into the right field stance. History repeats itself. Rafael Devers going deep in the first inning off of Garrett Cole. Lock. Gene Carlos Stanton hitting line drive home runs that barely go over the fence against the Red Sox. Also lock. a lock. <laughs> so who's your final pitcher? My final pitcher is Zach Thompson of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He was traded to the Pirates for Jacob Stallings from the Marlins last season. In 14 starts as a starter, he had a 3.25 ERA last year. Really good. Um, This week, he gets the Cardinals on Monday, today. And then later in the week, he gets the Nationals. And right, you might be thinking, all right, the Pirates, there's not much win upside here. But somebody's going to have to win in a Pirates-Nationals game, and I'll bet on Zach Thompson against the Nationals. Um, but, yeah, regardless, he's going to give you good splits. He doesn't walk a lot of guys, has some decent strikeout potential. Um, he's a good guy for the week, and he's not owned in a lot of leagues. I think he's owned in maybe, maybe 10% of leagues. So this is a guy to grab and own for one week and drop. I agree. Own for one week and drop. Maybe oh, don't target him against the Cardinals could get pretty beat up by that lineup. I think think? he's a good arm, though. I I am comfortable with him against the Cardinals. I really do think Zach Thompson has some potential to be a guy that that is a sleeper later in the year. Um, I mean, he pitched well last year. 67 innings and 3.25 ERA is not too shabby. The FIP XERA numbers were all solid. Um, He has stuff. Yeah, he has stuff. And, too, when you turn on the TV and watch him, too, like beyond the numbers, like he looks like a good pitcher, too. It's not just one of these guys who has maybe good numbers, but then when you watch him and you're like, oh, he's 89, and I don't know how he even got those numbers, but he really is really is a solid pitcher. But we were just talking about Yankees-Red Sox. I'm very excited because next week, State of the Division, a new Just Baseball podcast. Colby and I will be covering the AL East. So we wanted to save a couple of our AL East Yankee-Red Sox-type banter but of course we're going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays because you and I are obsessed with those two teams and how they operate and then the Orioles are a baseball team and we will be talking about them as well because they deserve it you know whether they win or not doesn't matter they're a baseball team they deserve to be talking talked about so get your not gambling advice merch in the episode description the link is in there give us a follow on gambling underscore advice on Twitter and also join the chalkboard we're giving away bets live bets props everything that you can think of under the sun we're not gambling on it and we're talking about it in the chalkboard app so that you can find the link to the episode description and the link in the episode description of Peter, our chalkboard. For you. tell me the bet in our chalkboard right for tonight red sox yankees if the red sox win i get to choose whatever your profile picture is and chalkboard for the next week if the yankees win you get mine for the next week is this sunday night baseball because we are now recording on a sunday are you talking about the monday matchup sunday night baseball tonight so you got me this is slightly unfair slightly unfair socks are plus 125 socks are plus 125 you got your boy tanner Houck, and i got my boy jordan montgomery i'm willing to take that bet give me that bet you'll do it see it in the chalkboard. chalkboard yep i like that all right we're in sunday night baseball 
Peter versus Colby, Yankees, Red Sox, Jordan Montgomery versus Tanner Houck. Anything else before we go? I think that's it. That's it. That's it. And with that, thank you, everybody.